0: In Estes, in Estes, in Estonia, in the club. Welcome to Tenet Men. <laughs> Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host Steve and I am joined by my co-host Kevin and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high concept time travel film Tenet. We are doing a minute by minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movements. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team moving backwards through the film. Kevin, how are you?
1: I'm I'm good. I am on uh, uh, well, the opposite of good because I'm re- inverted, so I'm terrible. But does it work that way? I don't know. How do emotions work on inverted people?
0: It must be backwards. Yeah, you must be It must doing... be backwards. <laughs> you look horrible today, if I may say so myself.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been a rough day. I went swimming early this morning and did uh, over what, 1,600 meters, so it's about a mile or something like that.
0: Wow, rough. that's a lot of swimming. I actually. know,
1: and then I had a full day of work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's only like noon your time right now. Well, what I'm
1: you... on the blue team, so it takes extra you gotta work out extra hard in reverse.
0: <laughs> I wonder what what is working working out in reverse like? So like when you when you live we... like is like when you lift we... if you do like a bicep curl, right? Is it hard going down? And do you get easy? weaker? <laughs> Do you like? Do you lose muscle mass? Like, how does how does a bench press work in as an inverted person?
1: We we do see Neil training the blue team at some point. I'll probably get to it eventually in my my timeline, Um, which makes it's like makes no sense, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, to our eyes, because I think we see it from the uninverted perspective. But um, all that. it is odd
0: <laughs> i always thought about like inverted combat training like hand-to-hand mm-hmm. combat because they do that a little bit too um because i imagine if you're fighting an inverted person it's probably awkward but like there's things that you can learn really really quickly to give you an advantage if you know how to fight an inverted person you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah it's. I got a question about inverted fighting when we get to it. It'll, it'll probably also involves your minute too. Okay.
0: I have. I have a. I have an inverted fighting technique. Maybe I'll bring it up then. No, I'm going to bring it up now. I think an inverted eye poke.
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> that would be my move. That would be my my secret move. Inverted eye pokes. So if you're you inverted fighting me,
1: I guess you already poked me. I, I, I don't even. know.
0: I've thought about this. Yeah, it's already
1: poked your, my eyes. Your,
0: your vision's going to get blurry at some point. You're going to be like, I don't understand why. I don't
1: understand. It'll ju- it will just. Yes, yeah, right. Because it will start getting blurry, and I won't like. I'll start losing eyesight, and I won't understand. And then the pain will show up, right? Like, I'll yeah, like, yeah.
0: And, but then I'm gonna poke. But you then you'll the be. Eye, a, but then I'll be able to see fine, and then you're fine. But by then I could kill you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're already gone. Like it's like you're right.
0: Batman. You just vanished. <laughs> exactly. You get it. <laughs>
1: That is a good move.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Or an inverted
1: smoke grenade would be awesome, actually. Right. Yeah, it would. Because your vision will just slowly start getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and then it will be nothing eventually.
0: Can you imagine like an inverted kick to the groin?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Trying to imagine all these things. Well, I have one in my minute. Uh, and I'll try not to spoil it in yours, even though we'll be talking about a similar topic.
0: All right. Let's let's uh, let's jump into it. So I am uh, on the red team. My minute marker today is 1521 to 1621. We left off in the very, very, basically the middle of a sentence last week. And mm-hmm. by the way, we're going to do it again this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with these conversations. I've been playing that same game with Satyr's comp- multiple conversations. <laughs>
0: yeah this he's is my like first engaged in. my the end of my minute this week is the first time that the sentence really spanned my uh, my minute marker so i had to i think yeah. i i think i just included the whole sentence so yeah. um but anyway so last week we are uh, we're in the lab talking to mysterious female scientist uh, and she last week she, le- she we le- we le- we left off with from your point of view you caught it meaning the bullet oh yeah um and then and then she continues, but from the bullet's point of view, you dropped it. Now we're at 1521. Uh, and then the protagonist says, but cause comes before effect. Uh, and she says, no, that's just the way we see time. And then he asks, what about free will, which is the, the meatiest question in the movie? Uh, and I don't know that she answers it, but this is what she says. She says, uh, that bullet wouldn't have moved if you hadn't put your hand there. So I, I guess she's saying, yeah, free will is still a thing, even if it's inverted. But I I, I I, imagine you have thoughts here. She, Yeah. Well, I mean, the concept of do we have free will,
1: uh, I, I forget all my... Um, <laughs> Um, all my philosophical names of this and determinism—that you know, it, you know, the the, op- the opposite of free will existing is determinism. Everything's meant to happen. You have the perception of free will. You have the perception that, oh, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go to the park. Um, but when in reality, your all of your perceived free will is actually determined by an outside source by a third party so if it rains tomorrow and you end up not going to the park was that really your decision or was that what was going to happen all the time and you say well no I I would have went to the park if it didn't rain but you can't there's things you can't there's other things that happen between um, your point of decision-making and the thing um, that you think you're going to determine you're going to do Um, And that's also at the heart of this movie in which uh, I think they get to it very quickly in this scene. Uh, The protagonist picks it up way too easy. And it's a whole point of the movie and it's a whole point of why you can't understand what people are saying in this movie and why everything is so deaf and everything moves so quickly is that you're not meant to sit there and contemplate it too much like we are doing. (laughs) (laughs) You're meant to feel it. You're meant to feel your way through the movie. And maybe that's something, Nolan thinks about time a lot, probably way more than we are even doing in all of his movies. Um, I was reading a really interesting essay that came out about Nolan's movies and his use of time. And he often has, um, there are protagonists and antagonists within the film, but also time is what the characters are really trying to overcome in in all of his films, or at least his films that most directly deal with time-related things. Um, And you can see that in Interstellar where time is ticking down faster than they can solve problems. And um, it's uh, traveling faster for certain people and slower for certain people, but they still have to try and overcome uh, obstacles of climate change and whatnot. And in this, it is this the same thing. It's moving; it can move differently. You have the ability to manipulate it, but it's still that's the obstacle to overcome more so than overcoming satyr's crazy scheme. <laughs> um,
0: so I think we're gonna get to something you touched on there actually in just a couple lines, yeah, uh, about just feeling it. So, um, yeah, you you put a lot more thought into the the free will. <laughs> than I have, I would say that you know whether we have free will or not even in our normal timeline is not really certain. And I don't think the answer changes with the the concept of inverted time.
1: No, and this is something uh, I think is it said it's I, I think it's like on the tail end of my minute here. Um, it's something Kat says to the effect of um, it's like it, it's also like the idea in, in inception. Am I real? Am I in reality right now? Or am I dreaming? It's a concept also in Nolan's brothers, TV show, Westworld, where am I, am I a robot or am I not a robot? Is this world real? Am am I real? Artificial is the world artificial. And what they come down to is if you can't tell the difference, what, what does it matter?
0: I agree with that. If it, if you can't tell the difference, it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. You still,
1: Uh, you, you still have to exist.
0: <laughs> right? i th- I think yeah. therefore I am right exactly yeah um okay so she, he asks what about free will she says the bullet wouldn't have moved if you hadn't put your hand there either way we run the tape you made it happen right and then she shows like the, the tape mm-hmm. uh, and then she says don't try to understand it which is hilarious <laughs> uh don't try and understand it that's a good theme for the movie um and then she says feel it which is what you just said Uh, And then she starts like playing with the bullet on the desk, on the desk, like inverted, like she spins it around, she like pulls it, but she's really pushing it, right? Um, And then she like tosses it at the protagonist and he catches it, right? And that's when he says, Instinct, got it. Uh, (laughs) Which is, which is, (laughs) right. But like that's all, actually, I I actually kind of like that, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, she's like, don't try and understand it. Like, we can't understand it, but we all know instinct, right? We know what instinct mm-hmm. feels like, and he's got it, right? He's got a heightened sense of instinct because he's a spy, right? He's a, he's a cool guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it just makes he sense. He's pretty cool. I would he hang out with this guy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, There's more bullet catching, and I feel like we're going in circles here. Oh, yeah. So we're back at like the firing range, right? Which is this is this is kind of weird, actually, if we think about this scene, right? Because like they're in the lab, then they're in the shooting range, then they're back in the lab. Now we're back on the range. Um, It's just odd to me (laughs) that like you would go bounce back and forth between these two, you know, spots like this. Uh, Anyway, so he's catching bullets, and then uh...
1: I think they really want you to understand inverted bullets. That's why. Yeah, but this doesn't help.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. But it word. looks
1: cool and it's trying to be visual. It does look um, cool. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I do
1: have a critique of the filmmaking in that. I, I think it's a little bit of Nolan's not wanting to use CGI or, you know, trying to make things a little too practical. When they're playing with the bullets, it's close up of their hands. And it's so cheap to think they're just playing it in reverse because there's very little shots of their faces and their hands and the inverted bullets if you watch it again you'll see that every time you see something inverted happening it's just close ups of hands and there's no faces in it and that's because faces look weird when you go when you turn the camera around when you reverse the tape yeah you know like you can't you, you can't teach somebody to act invertedly
0: you know and that's you think that's a you think that's a harsh criticism of the movie
1: yes that's my harshest criticism of the movie is that it would have been way cooler if they somehow did just did a simple mask and they showed like um the protagonist speaking in forward direction while his hand was grabbing something in, inver- in that was inverted and because there's cuts in there i can clearly tell this is a cut that was sp- turned in reverse this was a cut that was going forward and like, I think there was more opportunity to there. If somebody wanted to be a little bit more experimental with the, the ability of modern CGI where you can just take somebody's head at speaking and put it on a body that's running in reverse. That's all. That's, that's my critique of this scene. It, it, it could have looked cooler if they could have been having this conversation while the bullet was bouncing back and forth, instead of inserting shots that are clearly just reversed.
0: I think I disagree. I like it. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm also anti CGI. Right. And that's, what, that's one of the things I love about Nolan films. Right. Like that. His, uh, his, his very light touch of CGI. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that. Right. Yeah. Um, Matt Reeves with the Batman is similar. He does use a lot of CGI, but his, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of like his, his philosophy on like CGI. Like he doesn't, he won't use CGI to do something that would be like impossible to film. And like the example he gives is like, you know, you'll never do the planet. of The apes movies. Right. But right. But there's, Yeah. (laughs) But like his example okay, I, yeah. was, his example was like, you know, you're never gonna have like, like the like that video perspective of a bullet traveling, right? Like, oh that's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like that's never gonna be in a film of his, right? Because that's not something that could be captured by a camera.
1: Yeah, but he can. Have, but also, yeah, I have seen the back, the behind the scenes on like Dawn of the Planet, of the, where they actually have Andy Circus riding a horse, and then they they turn Andy Circus into an, an ape.
0: I didn't see any of those movies. Are they good? Are you kidding me? Are they good? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, the sec the second one's probably the best one, or the middle of that trilogy is okay. probably the best one.
0: I'll have to check that out. Um, where am I? So we're back on the firing range. <laughs> he uh he's catching bullets in his gun. Oh, he says, "Why does it feel so strange? You're not shooting the bullet; you're catching it." And then he's like, "Whoa!" Uh, that's like the worst whoa in the movie because again, like he knows this now, right? It's not this isn't new information, so mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and then he walks towards the concrete block, and he says, I've seen this type of ammunition before. She says, in the field. He says, I was almost hit. Then you were exceedingly lucky. An inver- inverted bullet... And now we're at my minute, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Going into the next sec- next minute. An inverted bullet passing through your body would be devastating.
1: An inverted bullet, yeah.
0: Devastating.
1: Devastating. So... <laughs>
0: Let's... So speaking of
1: that, I was thinking of, we'll get into it in a second, I guess, but just keep the idea of how inverted bullets work. Also walking down range on a range, uh, range safety, pal. He, he just like, like...
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but he's the only yeah. one, right? That's. He, he trusts this lady he just met? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> such a boy scout I never yeah. pegged you for the type and range safety is important
1: okay <laughs> also these bullets fly backwards i mean <laughs> all right all right yeah all
0: right
1: all right my minute are we jumping into my minute now yeah it's blue team. okay all right blue team's going i'm at two hours eight minutes 21 seconds moving uh and if i was moving forward in time would go to, uh, two hours nine minutes uh uh 21 uh seconds um, and this is where we're back on the boat with, uh, Sater and Kat. Um, if we move forward a little bit, uh, Seder was just talking about the pill that he's going to bring out in a minute or two. Uh, and, uh, Kat, uh, looks over at the boat and she's looking for the signal and she knows it's not time yet. So she has to stall keeping, keeping him, um, alive. Uh, so they're having a little bit of a conversation and then he um, he ends it in, in the beginning of this minute. So just setting up what those two are talking about. He goes, a, a, a moment of business, uh, my love. And then we, so he pulls out the phone to make the phone call that we're going to eventually, you know, he's going to apparently talk to, um, what's his name, Volkov, and uh, check in on what's going on over there. Cat uh, looks over the boat. My here is uh, checks his radio. Um, and he gets the not clear repeat, we are not clear. Um, we then jump over to Neil's perspective, who is on the battlefield with the blue team. And this is where he sees somebody exiting the tunnel and undoing the tripwire. And he's got something strapped to his back, a long object wrapped in a piece of cloth or in a bag or something. He undoes the, the tripwire and then uh, grabs onto a rope and the helicopter uh, picks him up and lifts him off the battlefield. Now, we are from Neil's perspective, so what Neil is seeing ha- um, has already happened um he is moving what? invertedly
0: okay here's a question oh wait wait wait, wait. He, he's yeah, he he's inverted he yeah, he's right? inverted right uh, he's inverted volkov's not what volkov if sh- is not what if they just shoot down the helicopter
1: i was thinking the same thing i was thinking shoot volkov he's got the algorithm end of movie <laughs> right it is but the end of the movie yeah he is inverted how would that
0: work Um, I mean, then the bad guys run a temporal pincer and send someone in to kill Neil and then like continue the mission. Right. This is the this is the because I'm thinking about the
1: way Neil gets shot. Neil gets shot. He's inverted from a person who's not inverted using a not inverted gun. And what you see is somebody resurrect and come back. A dead body resurrect and come back to life. As the bullets being shot. So, by Neil seeing Volkov not being alive, he knows he can't shoot him, right? Like, to shoot... If you're inverted, how do you shoot somebody? Like, the person would have to already be dead. And then that doesn't help you at all. It only helps
0: people who are uninverted. Yeah, but it's, it's, all, it's a matter of perspective, right? So, if you're inverted and you have a gun that's inverted with you and bullets yeah. that's inverted with you, you can shoot people like normal because everything that you're doing is is normal but you'd have right? to shoot over
1: a top of a dead body um mm. right you like and how would you, you even don't have know to. to do that
0: you don't have to no i don't think you have to you could an, in, an inverted person could shoot an uninverted person and kill them right
1: but then if you think about it from the uninverted person's perspective they would die going the opposite way which would mean from the inverted person's perspective they were dead and then you shot them and they came back to life
0: wait do inverted do inverted people use inverted guns
1: this is why it's so
0: confusing. It would be that, super advantageous for inverted people to use regular guns. Yes. Because then yes, you could this really is, mess some stuff this up. This
1: comes back to that question I had with Neil. Why does Neil moving forward in time in the opera house have an inverted gun? Which actually now that I thought about it more makes a lot more sense than an inverted person having an uninverted gun. It, it, you should have the opposite ammo.
0: Can an inverted gun just pick up any old, uninverted bullet? No. Well, it
1: seems like it from the gun range, too, but I have questions.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's a thing. There's, like, calibers and sizes and stuff, right? Uh, mm. (laughs) But also, like, I don't...
1: I don't even understand how you load inverted rounds into a bullet. Could you just, like, run around
0: shooting an empty gun and the bullets are just hopping back in? And, like, what, what if the shell is gone? Then the shell does, can't get back in and then just a the, piece of lead ends up in the, in the barrel? <laughs>
1: if you invert a gun that's empty, unloaded, can you just run around pulling the trigger and magically
0: oh. ammo just starts manifesting into the gun backwards that's like a that's like a really great like video game capability <laughs> wow could you
1: imagine a tenant video game like where every five minutes your controllers just like invert themselves and you're like God how, damn it.
0: how is there not a tenant video game actually what a great point it'd be wild every checkpoint you invert and you keep playing the same game over and over again i just think of like a like a large like sandbox type game where you have these turnstiles and you can go invert things and wow this is mind-blowing how has no one created a tenant video game
1: I think they'd probably get to the second inversion and then the the, the server would just explode it'd like <laughs> we can't you'd have to be a, it would, it can't be a sandbox I don't think you'd have to have it you'd have to push the player through a narrative. Yeah. Because you'd have to have, you can't let them just go off and do anything. Maybe. Although if it's recorded, it, it will be just like you're re, replaying the same, you re, it's, you're literally replaying the same level every time.
0: You couldn't, <laughs> it couldn't be like a sandbox with like other real people because uh, physics, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it could be, it could be a sandbox with, with no other real people. It can't be multiplayer is what I'm saying. hmm unless you uncover real inversion. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think that's the thing I've just stumbled on. And there's not much more in my minute besides Neil running around. Uh, I just wanted to point out that if if Neil had the capability of shooting Volkov in this minute, the game's over. But this is also the minute where he discovers, he, he realizes what's um, that, that there's a tripwire that the protagonist does not know about. And we assume uh, this was not part of the briefing from other parties and so he sees something being added just like the the red team is adding elements that is going unobserved Neil observes something that's being temporal pincered and then decides to because in my the minute I just talked about is when he makes the decision to go to the hypocenter Right, and we see him standing there. Um, so he run. So this is where he runs, like clear across the battlefield. He runs past uh, the blue team, and Wheeler starts going, Neil, Neil, mm. Neil. Yeah. What are you doing? No. <laughs> Completely going off mission. Um, uh, uh, and then uh, as he, he he just runs, and the music really tightens up there, and the and the. And he runs up to the crater, uh, sees what I assume is the hypocenter looks kind of like a crater with some sort of an obelisk in the center. Um, and then he, um, he he checks his watch just before uh, going in.
0: I have questions and about it. hypocenters, it, but yeah,
1: yeah, it, it's I, they call it a hypocenter in the script, but it's a turnstile. Right. Right. Yeah. I mentioned there's some sort of a. I don't know if this isn't, what, what happened to this place? Was it a nuclear bomb or was it a reactor that melted down to make this place radioactive?
0: Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the latter, right? Cause it's, it's like a Chernobyl type thing. And Seder was one of the people that like. Was uh, cleaning up. Yeah. Right? I don't, I'd probably not volunteered, voluntold to put mm-hmm. on a suit and go pick up busted tra- pieces of uranium traded time for money, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Traded, traded his later life, his later years for money in his youth, which isn't that's a great uh, theme in the film. I think it's a great theme for climate change without it really being about like, um, uh, you know, just devastating the environment. It's about trading, trading your own your own life for money in your
0: youth. So are we trading the earth for comfort and convenience? Is that that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Our our comfort now comes at the cost of our uh, later generation's ability to live. So maybe you should think about finally buying an electric car, Steve.
0: I mean... No,
1: <laughs> no, you're still going to drive around your F350 with the. <laughs> uh,
0: I have a Volkswagen Jetta, which gets 40 miles to the gallon. So it's as good as you can do without buying an electric car. I'm not, I'm, I'm not anti electric car, my climate is. <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah, my neighbor can't buy a truck big enough when he saw my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> He's... For every
0: mile you save, I'm going to burn three more.
1: Oh, yeah. Sometimes he just idles it in the driveway.
0: I'm, I'm, no, I'm actually, I would love a Tesla if you're, if you're sponsoring. (laughs) Uh, well, there you have it, folks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, episode 16 of Tenant Men. If you've enjoyed this, please take a moment to review on, uh, Podbean or Spotify or Google or Apple wherever you found us or or talk to us on the the Twitter at Tenantmen. You can also find us on the Tenant subreddit where we uh, troll around. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement next time. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning.
1: I'll see you at the beginning, friend.